The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at WrestlingWithJonas.com. And hello again, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of This Week in History. It is Thursday, November 18th, by the time you end up uh, seeing this. We're recording this uh, in the afternoon uh, a couple days earlier than that. But I want to thank you for joining us, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook, listening to us later on on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We are a proud member of the Ontario Indie Podcasting Network, and as you just saw, the Johnners Podcasting Network. So I want to thank everybody that's involved with that, and uh, encourage you to go check out their shows. We have a list of Survivor Series uh, cards to go through today, because we're looking at uh, November 12th to 18th. I also want to thank those that uh, did take part in the uh, AEW All Out, I mean, Full Gear uh, Predictions League. We have uh, Survivor Series coming up this weekend, so be sure to get your uh, picks in. Who knows what the card is going to look like uh, and what the uh, matches are going to be happening, but we'll hopefully know more by Saturday. So get those predictions in, and we're going to look at the history as I said, from November 12th to 18th, but cannot do that until we go over to Niagara Falls and bring in Jonesy. How are you, sir? Uh, not doing yeah, not doing too bad. Some computer issues, as always. So. Well, understandable. I'm hoping I'm not going to have any issues because I just got uh, notified that I can update to uh, my latest Chrome, and this is usually when my... Uh, audio goes out so as long as we're good with audio we won't have to start over again but uh i'm good with this and if you're ready to start so am i i am all right then here we go november 12th 55 years ago in omaha nebraska dick the bruiser defeats mad dog Vashon to win the awa world heavyweight championship mad dog would win the belt back only a week later 20 years ago on Raw from Boston, the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, would capture the WWF tag belts for their fifth time after they defeated Booker D and Test. Also, Edge defeated Kurt Angle to win the WCW United States Championship. Edge would be the last United States champion, champion under the WCW banner, as the title would be unified with the Intercontinental Championship at Survivor Series the following Sunday. And the United States Championship would return in July of 2003 as SmackDown Secondary Championship. The belt's history was born as the NWA Mid-Atlantic United States Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I didn't mind their uh, title uh, design for WCW. It's up on the screen right now. Um, very subtle with the uh, red, white, and blue colors, uh, with the eagle and all that. But, you know... People might think it's cartoony, but I didn't mind WWE's uh, rebirth of the U.S. title. It definitely screamed U.S. title uh, for sure. I think my biggest problem came, and I don't have the picture, uh, when they made it a spinner belt with uh, John Cena. Your thoughts on these uh, two designs, at least? I think the WWE one is more pleasing to the eye as far as TV goes, Um but as far as looking like a real belt, I say the WCW one, uh, just it just looks like a real belt. It doesn't have that cartooniness to it. Uh, 
and um, I like the little splash of color in the middle. So um, I'd give that belt the thumbs up. It's a very classic uh, looking, the WCW one. It almost looks a lot like also the uh, Intercontinental title, especially the one that was uh, around with Randy Savage in them. And the second last incarnation of it when it was on the white uh, belt with the uh, different layers uh, building up to the center. But yeah, I prefer championships looking like this. And even... uh, the reincarnation of the uh, U.S. title compared to what they have right now with just this big W in the center and slapped on with rhinestones or diamonds, whatever it is. Yeah, I I think the weight of the belt is important and the looks are, but flashiness in a belt, if it's a Rocky movie, fine, but... That's why it's more of a prop nowadays than anything, and uh, everybody's still going to go back to the big gold belt of uh, Rick, uh, the NWA and Ric Flair's uh, as a classic, what a title should look like. All right, we're moving on. 18 years ago, Lex Luger wrestles for the first time since being arrested on possession of steroids following a police search of his house after Miss Elizabeth died in his home back in May. He would team with Jeff Jarrett at a TNA weekly pay-per-view, losing to AJ Styles and Sting. This would be Luger's last match in a major promotion. He would retire in 2007. I kind of had to, considering uh, all the drugs, uh, clearly in that picture, uh, that he was uh, using caught up to him and just made his whole body shut down. He's generally... uh, in a wheelchair now more uh, nowadays and definitely not the same size as uh, mm. he once was. He's and, now mini, mini Lex Luger. Yeah. And it's kind of weird because most of the time when uh, retiring and people retire, they lose their muscle mass, but they also get fat. He just lost muscle mass and is just really tiny. Yeah. He's just a thin, tiny old man. Um, I was going to add to that, but now I forgot. Today would have been the 42nd birthday of Tough Enough 3 winner, Matthew Lee uh, Cotopelli. Cotopelli was involved involved in one of the more controversial moments that season when he was on the business end of a stiff beating at the hands of Bob Hardcore Holly during a practice bout. He would vacate the OVW Heavyweight Championship due to a brain tumor. He would end treatment options and died on June 29th, 2018 at the age of 38. Uh, A lot of potential and unfortunately cut short. Yep. Damn freaking tumors. Hey, it's a happy 66th birthday for television personality, comedian, actress, and entrepreneur Rhonda Honey Shear. Best known as the hostess of the 80s and 90s B-movie series, USA Up All Night. She was the guest timekeeper at WrestleMania 10. Uh, These days, she's a designer and entrepreneur, selling her own line of intimate products, most notably the best-selling bra. And I'm sorry, but if you look at the celebrities they had for the first few WrestleManias and then WrestleMania 10, to me, I'm sorry, she's not a celebrity. No. 
It's a happy 81st birthday for famed boxing referee, judge, and TV personality M M Mills B. Lang III. You'd remember him as the voice of MTV Celebrity Deathmatch and as Judge Mill Mills Lane. He had a Raw as War appearance in 98 and in 2013. Lane was introduced into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Sadly, Lane suffered a debilitating stroke in March of 2002, which left him partly paralyzed and virtually unable to speak. Well, definitely a uh, wide variety of careers there, going from boxing referee and an actual judge and all over the place. Moving on to November 13th, 71 years ago, Vern Gagne defeated Sonny Myers in a tournament final to win the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship. 38 years ago, Tony Gurria and Dean Ho defeated uh, Tora Tanaka and Mr. Fuji to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. wonder if Dean Ho was any relation to Don Ho with tiny bubbles. I believe so, except his rendition was gigantic and enormous bubbles. 26 years ago in Tokyo, Japan, Kenzuke Sasaki defeated Sting to win the WCW United States Championship and was the first foreign-born United States champion since Roddy Roddy Piper did it back in 1981. 21 years ago on Nitro, General Rection got soft in England and lost his WCW US belt to Canadian Lance Storm. Yeah, I think that's when Lance was... Uh... Collecting belts and changing them to Canadian names. 16 years ago today, TNA presented Genesis. The show featured the TNA pay-per-view debut of Jay Riso, a.k.a. Christian Cage. The show was dedicated to the late and great Eddie Guerrero. 15 years ago on Raw from Manchester, England, Jeff Hardy defeated Johnny Nitro to win the WWE IC belt. And also on that show, Flair and Piper lost the World Tag Team belts to Rated RKO. What the F? Why did they get the titles, the tag titles? When they do that, old people winning titles, I don't care how big their legacy is, bunch of horse shit. Really Wait, you mean uh, Piper and Flair? The belts. Piper and Flair getting the titles? Is that what you're talking Especially about? Especially with, with Piper. Like, no offense. A flare could still, you know, get it on where Piper, except for for his talking, uh, he lost the ability to wrestle well and all that in his older age. Yeah, and he still uh, was doing stuff. This was blamed on the fans. Uh, this is where probably the uh, idea of Taboo Tuesday was where people were like, eh, maybe we shouldn't do this because this is not what we wanted, but. If they're offering it, they got to do it. And Ric Flair was on such a roll, it uh, culminated in a story, but then they got the belts back to Rated RKO to continue going forward. 14 years ago on SmackDown taping in Wichita, uh, John Morrison and The Miz defeated Matt Hardy and MVP to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. 10 years ago, uh, TNA presented Turning Point, 
the show saw Jeff Hardy beat Jeff Jarrett three times in a row in mere seconds between each fall. And AJ Styles lost um, to TNA World Heavyweight Champion Bobby Roode. For birthday, it's a happy 45th birthday to once-in-a-century talent Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, born in Ogagi, Jifu, Japan, Tanahashi graduated from the New Japan Dojo and made his in-ring debut in October of 99 against Shinya Togi Makabe. He was staffed in the back um, by TV Asia reporter and ex-girlfriend Hitomi Hara for reals in 2000. This made him a bigger star because the incident made national news. Wrestling cliche actually happened to him, stabbed in the back by his own partner. He would return to the ring in 2003. Two months after his return to the ring, Hiroshi would become the first IWGP U30 openweight champion. And 2005 was a big year for Tanahashi as he traveled to North America for the first time and teamed with Shinzuki Nakamura for the CMLL in Mexico. He and Nakamura would feud for years over the top prize in IWGP. And on July 16, 2006, Tanahashi defeated General Bernard to win the IWGP heavyweight title for the first time. Later that year, Tanahashi became the first two-time winner of the New Japan Cup. And at Wrestle Kingdom 3 in 2009, Tanahashi defeated his mentor, Muda, uh, to become the IWGP heavyweight champion for the third time. And Tanahashi would go on to have a long and successful career in amazing matches with everyone from AJ Styles to Okada. Yeah, quite the uh, distinguished career in uh, Japan and even uh, coming over this way. I'm uh, wondering with the open door uh, or the forbidden door that uh, is going on with uh, AEW and New Japan and all them, if he'll make his way over to North America, because I think Okada is uh, going to be doing so, and we've already seen uh, Suzuki and a few others. So it would be nice to see Tanahashi make his way over this way too. Yeah. Moving on to November 14th. 29 years ago, Fox aired the final episode of the original WWF Saturday Night's main event. The Ultimate Maniacs, Boyer and Savage, defeated by Inc., DBLC, and IRS by countout in a WWF Tag Team Championship match. Also on the card, Shawn Michaels defeated the British Bulldog to win the WWF IC belt, and Bret Hart defeated Papa Shango by submission to retain the WWF Championship. Personally, I thought, what a shitty main event, Bret Hart against Papa Shango, but the match itself wasn't too bad. Yeah, unfortunately, Papa Shango didn't get over the way I would have liked to have seen. I love uh, Charles Wright. I thought the Shango character was way ahead of its time. Uh, imagine if uh, Shango had come back uh, during the whole Ministry of Darkness and the Brood and all that other stuff. I think he would have fit in there with Mankind. And had some great uh, feuds. Instead, he transferred from being Kama Mustafa to being the Godfather. And yeah, and I know, you know, no offense, I hated the Godfather. I thought it was just way too cartoony. It's a whole whole thing in that. Yes, they're beautiful, but if I want to see that, I'll switch to something else. Yeah, and also uh, Fonzie. Uh, Bill Alfonso was actually a referee in that main event before obviously going over to ECW and uh, hanging out with Taz and uh, uh, Sabu and RVD. 
Yeah, Fonzie had a long career as a referee, and he was in WWE uh, back in the, uh, I want to say early 80s, when he even been earlier than that, I, I can't remember, but I know he's in uh, the latter, or sorry, the earlier half of the uh, 90s. 22 years ago, WWF presented Survivor Series 99 from the Joe in Detroit. The show is noted for two things, the in-ring debut of Kurt Angle and Stone Cold getting hit by a car so he could have surgery on his neck, and Big Show took his place in the championship match, much to the delight of the fans. Probably not. And won the gold, defeating Triple H and The Rock. Plus, the Big Slow won his team Survivor Series match in 87 seconds on his own because he beat up his own partners beforehand. I did it for The Rock. Yeah. 17 years ago, WWE presented Survivor Series 2004 from the Gund Arena in Cleveland. Uh, Spike Dudley won the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. And Shelton Benjamin defeated Christian to retain the WWE IC belt. 16 years ago, WWE presented a special episode of Raw in tribute to Eddie Guerrero, a recent passing. And also on the next night at SmackDown, they would do another tribute show to Guerrero. Yeah, regardless of what you think about current uh, creative and decisions going on with WWE, whenever they uh, needed to put on a show giving a tribute like that, they always uh, know how to come through and uh, do the right thing and make it look good. I agree. Ten years ago at an Impact Wrestling taping at Universal Orlando, Matt Morgan and Crimson defeated Mexican America, uh, Hernandez and Arna QAA, I don't know what the hell that name is, to win the TNA World Tag Team Championship. I don't know that name. Sorry, my, my, my tongue don't know how to do that. Uh, today would have been the 91st birthday of British wrestling legend Shirley Big Daddy Crabtree. Crabtree was uh, a former rugby league player, coal miner, and served as part of the Coldstream Guards of the British Army before following in his father's footsteps and becoming a professional wrestler. At one time, he was in the Guinness Book of World Records for his 64-inch chest. His name, Big Daddy, would be uh, based off a character from the film adaption of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. He would be devastated in 87 when, in a match after performing his trademark splash on King Kong Kirk, Kirk was sent to the hospital where he died because of undiagnosed heart condition. Crabtree would pass away on November 14, 1997. Shirley also had a brother and three nephews in the wrestling business at the time of his death. Yeah, it seems to have a uh, good family history and um, good entering career. Uh, of course, never got to see him. But uh, looking for pictures, some people say they want to get in shape. And I think he decided he wanted to get in shape of a ball. Yes. With arms and legs and a head to attach to it. Uh, this is one of the more, I guess, more dignifying pictures I could find. The rest, just as I said, look like he's either a ball or a barrel with arms and legs and a head. Hey, man. I can he only was... imagine going against somebody like that. Oh, yeah. He, he, uh, agile. Think of that coming at you. November 15th, 
38 years ago in Allentown, Pennsylvania, at a TV taping, the Soul Patrol, Tony Ellis and Rocky Johnson, defeated the Wild Samoans, Alpha and Sega, to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. However, the Wild Samoans still would defend the titles on the house uh, show circuit until the title change would air on television on December 9th. Gotta love the lack of internet. Yes. I think it was more fun back then. 32 years ago, NWA presented Clash of the Champions 9, New York and Knockout. The Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane, defeated the Dynamic Dudes, Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas. Steve Williams defeated the Super, uh, Super Destroyer, and Ric Flair defeated Terry Funk in an I Quit match to retain the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 23 years ago, WWF presented Survivor Series 98. This was the second time there were no traditional Survivor Series matches, so why they call it Survivor Series, who knows? Instead, they did the deadly game where their winner of this one-night tournament would be crowned the new WWF champion. Sable would defeat Jacqueline to win the WWF Women's uh, Championship, and Mark Merrill was the special referee. Yeah, this one was interesting as it was the year after the uh, Survivor Series with the infamous Montreal Screwjob. And they made it seem as though Mankind was the chosen one and um, set things up really nicely for him. They kind of made Rock look like the underdog. Uh, and then they pulled the bait and switch and did the uh, replay of the Montreal Screwjob with... Uh, Rock putting Mankind in the sharpshooter and then celebrating with the McMahons. Yeah. Hopefully they don't do that again. Yeah. I'm sure they will at some point. Uh, another match on that was the New Age Outlaws defeated the Nation uh, and the Headbangers in a triple threat tag team match to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. Moving on, 17 years ago on Raw, William Regal and Eugene defeat La Resistance, Rob Conway and Sullivan Grenier, and Rhino and Tajiri in a three-way for the World Tag Team Championship. I actually kind of like this team, even though you know their characters were kind of uh, very comedy. If uh, that's your thing, great, you know, but uh, William Regal, always a great technician and can play the uh, slapstick really good. And then Nick Dinsmore doing Eugene. That's a lot of talent to be able to portray somebody with a disability with the talent that you have and stay in character the whole time. If that had been Nick Dinsmore and William Regal, would have been an amazing tag team as well with uh, the technical skills that they have. Mm -hmm. 16 years ago in Rome, Italy, Nunzio defeated Juventud to win the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. 15 years ago, TNA Impact uh, debuted on prime time with a two-hour special. Small Joe defeated Jay Lethal. The Naturals, Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens, defeated Team 3D, Brother Devon and Brother Ray in a tag team tables match. Christian Cage defeated Rhino in a barbed wire six sides of steel cage match. And Christopher Daniels defeated AJ Styles and Chris Sabin in a three-way match to win the TNA X Division Championship. And the main event had Kurt Angle defeating Abyss. 
13 years ago at UFC 91 in Las Vegas, Nevada, Brock Lesnar defeated Randy Corche uh, by TKO in the second round to win the UFC Heavyweight Championship. The win made Lesnar the first man to win the Heavyweight Championship in the NCAA, WWE, New Japan, and UFC. Yeah, this wasn't really overly a big surprise. As much as Randy Couture is a uh, uh, great UFC competitor and name, this match had a 45-year-old going as a 31-year-old. Like, unless Randy was at the top of his game, you're you're giving away 15 years almost to this guy who's Brock Lesnar. Like... Was it a surprise that Brock came out on top? I don't think so. To some, I probably still did because a lot of people, because it was a former wrestler, even though, hey, take his WWF career away, he still had the NCAA. Um, so he was a legitimate wrestler, both a pro and amateur. But people still would go, Nah, wrestling bad, you know, the UFC guy is going to kick his ass. Which, right. in a way, you think that's what would happen, but that's not what happened because Brock Lesnar already had a really good background in fighting. 11 years ago, WWE presented its first ever old-school Raw special. WWE legends appeared on the set, oh, sorry, and the set was modified to look like a 1993 episode of Raw, complete with the old Raw letters replacing the Titan drawn. I'm sure they were happy that day setting up. Ooh, we don't have to set up the Titantron. Yay! The throwback matches were Ezekiel Jackson defeated the Brooklyn Brawler in just 50 seconds. Alberto Del Rio defeated Sergeant Slaughter. And Mae Young defeated Michelle McCool and Layla in a one-on-two handicap no-DQ match in just 54 seconds. The win made Mae uh, Young, age 77, the oldest person to win a match in WWE history. Yeah, I'm not so sure about these whole raw, old-school reunion, whatever they want to label it type shows. The one thing I will give AEW credit for is they do treat legends like legends. And as you just read, Ezekiel Jackson took out the Brooklyn Brawler in 50 seconds. Del Rio took out uh, Slaughter. Had Mae Young not uh, been one of Vince's favorites and him giving her... Uh, just that one match and making sure that other ladies were involved with it being no DQ, she probably would have lost too. Like they don't honor their legends except for on hall of fame day. And I get their legends pass the torch and stuff like this, but what torch is being passed when you beat somebody in 50 seconds? Yeah. I mean, and you humiliate your legends, but only honor them on the hall of fame day. I think they do need to find a better way of utilizing these guys who they sign for Legends deals. I see it as put them in like a tag team match, rumbles, stuff like that. So they can stand there for a while. It doesn't matter if they get thrown over right away. Uh, I know some of it happens because, I mean, the guys don't want to stay in there long because, you know, they're old. But a guy like Sergeant Slaughter doesn't mean he had to win, but should be able to put up a little more than more of a fight. I understand the Brooklyn brawler. I mean, <laughs> in 50 seconds, um, 
And then Mae Young, yeah, you know what? She's a tough lady, but come on. Her being able to beat these much younger ladies. Well, that's why they had her with, uh, what was it, Marilena, uh, Eve, Natty, uh, the Bella Twins, and uh, Gail Kim. And, you know, they all helped Mae Young get that victory over Lake Cool. Six years ago, Nicholas Warren Francis Bockwinkle, or simply Nick Bockwinkle, uh, died from an undisclosed illness in Las Vegas, Nevada. He was 80 years old. He was born on December 6, 1934 in St. Paul, Minnesota. Bockwinkle took up wrestling after a knee injury ended his football aspirations. Trained by Lou Thaz and Nick's father, Warren, he began his career in 1955 at just the age of 16. His first professional match was against Lou Thez. Uh, Nick would team uh, with his father for much of his early career and won his first major singles championship in 1963, the NWA, North, uh, the NWA Pacific Northwest heavyweight title. And Nick's first national exposure didn't come in a wrestling ring, but on a game show. He appeared on the 1968 episode of Hollywood Squares, and he won his match. He also had uh, bit roles on the monkeys, the monkey show, and Hawaii Five O. Yeah, I didn't get to see too much of uh, Nick, uh, but I did uh, watch some old AWA stuff, and that was where he was most predominant. And but I loved the gimmick that he had when he was champion. He held himself as a champion. Had Bobby Heenan with him, dressed in suits. And didn't really need to yell. Uh, I think Chris Jericho did a good job of being that Nick Bockwinkle style of champion uh, when he pulled it off in WD. Uh, JBL did a little bit of it, but I'd love to see somebody today uh, do a gimmick change and become a respectable champion and do the uh, thing that Nick Bockwinkle did because it's a character that's somewhat missing today. All right, going on to November 16th. 34 years ago, WWF holds a Legends Battle Royal at the Meadowlands Arena, honoring legends outside of the normal WWF universe. The Battle Royal was won by 71-year-old Luz Fez, who last eliminated Pat O'Connor, age 63 at the time, to win the bout. Other participants were Nick Bogwinkle, Art Thomas, Bobo Brazil, Jay Strongbow, Gino Brito, Arnold Scullund, uh, Ed, Ed, Eduardo, haha, uh, Carpenter, Baron Sisislana, Al Castello, The Crusher, Pedro Morales, Dominique Dunucci, Keller Kowalski, Tony Gurria, Gene Kandinsky, and Rene Goulet. Don't get him confused with, of course, the singer. And in that, Randy Savage's father, Angelo Poffo, he didn't get an invite to the Battle Royal. The slight would cause a rift, uh, apparently, between Savage and Vince McMahon, a rift that ultimately would never be repaired. 33... How dare Angelo get left out? Yeah. 33 years ago, WWF taped the 18th episode, uh, or sorry, edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. The show aired on November 26th, only two days after Survivor Series. The Ultimate Warrior defeated Super Ninja to retain the WWF IC Championship. 
Macho Man Randy Savage and Andre the Giant fought to a double DQ in a WWF championship match. And the fabulous Rougeau's Jacques and Raymond defeated the Young Stallions, uh, being Paul Roma and Jim Powers. Yeah, kind of not very stacked of a card. As much as I love Savage on there, and Savage and Andre would be a huge event. Warrior and Super Ninja, whoever the heck that was, and your tag team feature is Rougeau's and Young Stallions? Good technical match, maybe, in a mixture of high-flying, but it's not really a Saturday Night's main event. I would race out to go see or put on the network. That is true. 28 years ago, the Sandman defeated Don Morocco to win the NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Belt. 27 years ago, WCW presented Clash of the Champions 29. Johnny B. Bad defeated the Honky Tonk Man by DQ to retain the WCW World Television Championship. Dave Sullivan, Hulk Hogan, and Sting defeated the Three Faces of Fear, Avalanche, Kevin Sullivan, and The Butcher. And Mr. T was the special referee. Yeah, also on there you had Pretty Wonderful against American Males, I believe, or were they the Patriots at that time? Uh, I think American Males was Scotty Riggs with uh, Buff Bagwell, but... Patriot and uh, Buff with the tag team titles. And, of course, you can't go wrong with a uh, brawling classic with uh, the Nasty Boys and Harlem Heat. Yeah, that was probably the best match on the card. (laughs) Most likely. 25 years ago, ECW presented November to Remember. Louis Spagoli defeated Two Cold Scorpio in a Loser Leaves Town gauntlet match. This was the final ECW bout for Two Cold Scorpio as he was leaving for the beautiful green pastures of the WWF where he would freaking drown. He wrestled three other Loser Leaves Town matches that night before being pinned by Spicoli. So he actually wrestled four matches that night until someone finally beat him. And the Sandman defeated Raven to retain the ECW World Heavyweight Belt. 25 years ago, WWF held their Hall of Fame introduction ceremony from the Marriott Marquis Hotel in New York City. The 1996 class included Captain Lou Albano, Killer Kowalski, Baron Mikhail Sisaluna, Johnny Valiant, Jimmy Valiant, Johnny Rods, Pat Patterson, Vincent J. McMahon, and Jimmy Snuka. This would be the last Hall of Fame ceremony for the company until just before WrestleMania 20 back in 2004. Where it became WrestleMania weekend. Yes. 23 years ago on Nitro from Wichita, Kansas, Juventud Guerrera defeated Billy Kidman to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. 21 years ago, WCW presented Millennium Final from the arena Oberhausen in Oberhausen, uh, Germany. The German exclusive pay-per-view is the final international pay-per-view put on by WCW. The event was never released for American audiences and remains one of about a dozen pay-per-views not available yet on the WWE Network. However, you can find the Stinger match on the Sting um, uh, the Icon Defined Collection on the WWE Network. 
Ernest the Cat Miller defeated Mike Saunders to become the commissioner of WCW. General Rection uh, defeated Lance Storm via DQ in a United States Heavyweight Championship match. Norman Smiley defeated Fit Finley in an Oktoberfest hardcore match. Alex Wright in General Rection defeated Mark Gingerak and Sean O'Hare to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. And Sting would defeat Kevin Nash by submission to win the WCW European Cup. And boxer Axel Schultz was the special referee. Yeah, not thinking uh, people are missing much by uh, not seeing this uh, available on the WWE Network. Yeah, that doesn't sound like it was that great. Though, you know, the, the, the main event, I'm sure, was meh, okay. Moving on, 18 years ago, WWE presented Survivor Series 2003. Team Angle, which was Angle, Benoit, Zena, and Hardcore Holly, and Bradshaw, defeated Team Lesnar, which was Lesnar, Big Slow, Matt Morgan, Nathan Jones, and A-Train. 5-3 in a series, uh, Survivor Series match. Quite the uh, mixture, really, of um, your higher up bigger wrestlers all the way down to your you know your b show um uh, wrestler so a little different of a type of a a matchup there yeah uh which is really good to see is good to see you know you, you got obviously they didn't have a choice in who was on their team or they wouldn't be picking no offense but they wouldn't be picking hardcore holly or the A-Train. Nathan Jones. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And uh, That's one thing that I've it's taken away from the Survivor Series uh, when they just throw heels and faces together. Like, I don't mind the different tiers where you have uh, people filling in. So you have a main event or a mid-card or maybe a tag team in there uh, forming a team. But I'd rather it be a team of faces versus a team of heels. And that's what made the first... A uh, few years of Survivor Series, great because you had your heavyweight uh, contenders heels against heavyweight contenders faces, Intercontinental and tag teams and separate matches, and you didn't have to worry about the will they get along bullshit that uh, you now see every year when Raw versus SmackDown, just after they were working for the opposite brand because of the draft, so now you're expecting brand loyalty to your new brand and working together with a person who's either heel or face opposite the you for zero payoff. It's not like the winning team is going to get a spot in the a better draw in the Royal Rumble or anything like that. They're just bragging rights. It's like, um, no. So it's kind of taken away from uh, the feel of Survivor Series for me. As much as I love uh, the tag team uh, elimination uh, style matches, which is unique to that event where every other uh, show is your singles matches and tag teams. I think my favorite year, and I, I'd i have to think hard to get the year right, but uh, the year that um, the winners of each match went on to the final Survivor Series match which was Hogan and Warrior and Tito versus DiBiase and another whole team. I thought, that, I thought that one was a really good Survivor Series as far as before you even 
the show starts, you know you're going to see some of your top guys more than once in in a big matches. I thought it was a, it was a really good card. Yeah, the only thing they failed to do was give a prize at the end, which yeah. Hogan Warrior uh, came down to. But they could have done it almost like Battle Bowl style with WCW, where all those winners do a Battle Royal, where there has to be one person surviving, and you get a number 30 at the Rumble or something like that, or a title shot at the Rumble. That would make sense. You know, and I'd be down with something like that. Uh, I believe that was uh, 1990, because... Uh, Warrior was the champion at the time, and uh, he won it at WrestleMania 6, which is 1990. Go in the last, actually, there's two more matches in that. Uh, Vince McMahon defeated The Undertaker in a buried alive match, and Goldberg defeated Triple H to retain the world heavyweight belt. All right, on the SmackDown, 17 years ago, uh, they taped SmackDown in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, John Zena would defeat Carlito Caribbean Cool in just 25 seconds to win the WWE United States Championship. Seven years ago in Beijing, China, uh, Maya Yim defeated Elvis Bellas to win the Shine Championship. On the same show, Johnny Gargano defeated Ricochet to win the Dragon Gate Open, uh, the Freedom Gate Championship. Moving on to November 17th, 25 years ago, WWF presented Survivor Series 96. The show featured the WWF in-ring debut of its first third-generation performer. We all laughed, but uh, Dwayne Johnson got the last laugh. Um, as he would team with the Survivor Series uh, team match with the fake Razor and Diesel, which wasn't good enough to make the list. <laughs> yeah, that and, card also sorry, had that card also had uh, the return of Bret Hart going against uh, Steve Austin, which people thought that was good, but it only set the table for what we would end up seeing at WrestleMania 13. And then also there was Mankind against Undertaker, which was a decent match. And I think Undertaker came down from the rafters with the bat wings and stuff like that. But uh, that was only a precursor to what we'd end up seeing in 98, two years later, at the uh, King of the Ring, where Mankind got tossed off the top. And they also did uh, things like Buried Alive matches and the Boiler Room brawls. But to think that some of the seeds were sown at this event. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, 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 do. Bret Hart defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin and Psycho Sid defeated Shawn Michaels to win the WWF Championship. And that wasn't even supposed to happen either nope. uh, because that was supposed to be um, Vader. And they were, Vader and Shawn were uh, set to do a uh, sort of three-match series and started at uh, SummerSlam that year. But because Leon might not have been in the best uh, condition, uh, there's a moment where Sean ends up uh, stomping him and yelling at him uh, very vocally uh, that everybody heard, and that was breaking uh, character uh, in anger that way. The click had a lot of push at that time, and they totally halted every plan that they had for uh, Leon, which Vader was then supposed to take the title at Survivor Series, from Sean and then drop it to him at the Royal Rumble in San Antonio. And because of everything that happened and the, as I said, the poll that uh, the click had, 
uh, backstage. Leanne got pushed aside and Sid got put in uh, those two matches. So we could have actually seen Big Van Vader as the world champion had things gone better between him and Sean. Yeah, unfortunately, Vader just didn't fit into the WWF world. Uh, it's too bad because he was great over in WCW. Yeah, there was a lot different change uh, attitude-wise, I think, uh, confidence and just uh, health and conditioning. I think and he, the people he had to work with. Personally, I think he had better people to work with over in WCW for the type of wrestling that... But they presented, oh yeah, yeah. for sure. And uh, on that show, the interview was the birth to the Mr. McMahon character, a ruthless businessman who would go on, go to any means to get his way for the betterment of his company and consequences be damned. Of course, I think we're good. That was um, the second part of the Brett Screwed Brett interview. Yeah, that was uh, the same day that uh, Rick Rude was on uh, Nitro and... Uh raw on the 17th yes and he would appear on ecw that week as well making him the only guy really to show up on tv and all three major companies yeah because ecw and uh wd were working together at the time and that's how they end up getting rude and rude was the insurance policy for dx but because of everything that happened at uh in montreal uh Obviously, they recorded this uh, the next day in Ottawa, but at that time, they were doing uh, two shows, and by the time all the dust settled, there was guys like uh, Rude, obviously, uh, Nineheart and uh, Bulldog, they all left. Mick Foley had actually taken his ball and gone home for the day and didn't appear on the Ottawa show, uh, but things got settled out and they uh, got him back on, on track and working for WWE. And that's why we got so, those great matches, as I mentioned at the uh, Hell in a Cell and everything that happened afterwards. But there was a lot of people who were upset by the uh, screw job. And to this day, regardless of it being fake or not, we got the creation of Mr. McMahon. WCW got a uh, screwed over Bret Hart. They got, dropped the ball dropped on that so it was their fault for everything but there was a lot of things that uh spiraled from that that were so good uh even if you want to say that the screw job was legit and brett got screwed yes that will always be uh, the debate yep. 23 years ago at a raw is war taping dwayne gill defeated christian to become the wwf lightweight a late heavyweight champion because WWF didn't care much for his belt and for this belt anymore. Gil would hold the championship for 15 months and not losing it until February 13th, 2002 SA Rios. At this time, uh, Dwayne was actually part of the job squad, which had uh, two gold Scorpio or flash funk, whatever name he was going by at that time. Bob Holly, as you see with his Flash. lovely uh, mane there. <laughs> Al Snow leading it, but Dwayne Gill was part of the job squad. It wasn't until later on uh, when he made uh, appearances as Gilberg. Probably his greatest run. Yeah. 19 years ago, WWF presented Survivor Series 2001. 
there were no elimination tag team matches on the show for just the second time in WWE history. But there were three elimination matches on the show, including the first ever elimination chamber match in company history. Jeff Hardy, Bubba Ray Dudley, and Spike Dudley defeated Three Minute Warning, Rosie and Jamal and Rico in a three, uh, three to two in an elimination tables match. Billy Kidman defeated Jamie Noble to win the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Victoria defeated Trish Stratus in a hardcore match to win the Women's Championship. The Big Show defeated Brock Lesnar to win the WWE Championship. And Loss, which took all about four and a half minutes, was the first in Lesnar's WWE career by pinfall. Los Guerreros um, defeated Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit in Edge and Mysterio in a three-way elimination match to win the WWE belt, uh, tag belts. And Shawn Michaels defeated Triple H, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, Kane, and Chris Jericho in an elimination chamber match to win the World Heavyweight Championship. The win made Shawn a world champion for the first time since he did it in 1998. Yeah, sadly enough, he had that Dutch boy uh, haircut of his and uh, had god-awful chocolate brown trunks with uh, the hearts uh, that I think were like a silver or white with uh, baby blue. Just a really bad combination for uh, his ring gear on that one. But then to think that, as you said, he hadn't held the title since 98 when he dropped it to uh, Steve Austin at WrestleMania 14. But he'd only just gotten back to wrestling at um, SummerSlam 2002 with his, was supposed to be a one-off brawl with uh, Triple H. And we saw that there was a resurgence of a even better than his first uh, half career. Mm -hmm. I agree. Seven years ago on Raw from Luke Harper, uh, sorry, bleh. seven years ago on Raw, Luke Harper defeated uh, Dolph Ziggler to win the WWE IC belt. Yeah, Brody Lee, yeah, uh, with his one uh, title that he actually uh, kind of deserved uh, there, but uh, hard to believe that next month is going to be one year since uh, Mr. Brody Lee. Uh, passed away. At least uh, we got to see Luke Harper with a uh, Intercontinental title. Yeah, I thought he was a pretty damn good wrestler, and I, I can never remember what event it was, but uh, him and Dolph Ziggler did one hell of a match on a pay-per-view that uh, really cemented his his wrestling career for me. Yeah, he was loved by a lot of uh, his peers and fans, and at least AEW uh, still does a lot for uh, the Huber family, I think, even they posted that uh, John's wife, Amanda, her birthday was either yesterday or today. And, of course, they have Brody Lee Jr. with a, 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 a named negative one with a dark order and have a tentative contract for him. You think, though, that uh, Brody Lee here, or sorry, uh, Luke Harper there, that um, soon as he won that uh, uh, white icy belt, shouldn't that a really white belt turned a little bit uh, soiled, just like his T-shirt? Maybe, yeah. All right, it's a happy 41st birthday for famed independent wrestler um, uh, Mercedes Martinez. She was on the AEW second pay-per-view card and on a dark, and she is currently signed with Impact. 
It's a happy 41st birthday to Katsurori Shibata. Uh, Shibata was ranked the number, uh, number 35 singles wrestler in the world by PWI in their annual uh, PWI 500 in 2016. A little bit on this birthday boy, we got um, the 66th birthday of Ted Lipscomb, best known to wrestling fans as Nightmare Ted Allen. He was a four-sport athlete, edited uh, the Cass High School newspaper, and even did play-by-play uh, play for some of their games. At age 14, he was the ring announcer for the weekly matches at the Sports Palace in Cartersville. Allen would make his pro wrestling debut in the summer of 1975. He would wrestle full-time by 1980 as one half of the Mask of Nightmares with Danny Davis. And that was a different Danny Davis, I'm pretty sure. Danny Davis, who owns OVW. Ah, there you go. Um, wrestling under a mask was almost a way of life for Allen. He was a Mr. Wrestling, a Black Tiger, even a Power Ranger for Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Allen's biggest contribution to the business came as a trainer. He most notably trained Arn Anderson, Ray Trailer, of course the big boss man, Scotty Riggs, Bull Buchanan, and referee Randy Wee Anderson. See, if it wasn't for him, um, Anderson wouldn't have been able to take that guy down uh, in WCW. In post-ring career, he promoted local wrestling shows in Georgia, ran a furniture moving business, and even built wrestling rings. He was 54. He had two children and three grandchildren. And the last day on our journey this week, November 18th, starts with a Clash of the Champions 21, and that being 29 years ago. On the card, we've seen Scotty Flamingo defeat Johnny B. Bad by knockout in a boxing match in just 61 seconds. What about Raven? What about Raven? I don't know what about Raven. Is he on this card? Scotty Flamingo. Oh, Scotty Flamingo. Oh, duh. I'm like, Scotty Flamingo, who is that in my brain as I'm reading? Uh, Johnny Eric, Polo. Eric Watts and Kenzuke Suzaki defeated Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby. WCW champion Ron Simmons and Two Cold Scorpio defeated Cactus Jack, the Barbarian, and Tony Atlas in a two-on-three handicap match. This was Two Cold Scorpio's WCW debut, and he unleashed the 450 splash for the win. Believed to be the first in time such a maneuver was executed on an American wrestling show. Medusa uh, versus Paul E. Dangerously ended in a five-minute time limit draw. This was actually the final television appearance for Heyman, as he would be fired a few weeks later for allegedly falsifying expense reports. Heyman would retaliate and sue WCW, claiming anti-Semitism. Heyman would get a huge undisclosed sentiment out of it, and I'm sure that's what he probably started ECW with. That's what happens when your dad's a lawyer. Yeah. Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas defeated Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes to win the NWA WCW Unified World Tag Team Championship. 26 years ago, ECW presented November to Remember. Rey Mysterio uh, Jr. defeated Psychosis in a Mexican death match, which really, it, it's a good match, but when they call it death match, it wasn't really that hardcore. Nobody but, dies. Yeah. I mean, no one dies. I mean, talking about false advertising. Bill Alfonso defeated Todd Gordon uh, and uh, Blue, 
Oh, I can't even say that first name right now. Beulah? Beulah. That's a hard one for me to say. McGillicuddy, I can say her last name, no problem, was the special referee. Mikey Whipwreck defeated Steve Austin to retain the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. And the Sandman was the original opponent for Whipwreck, but Austin jumped Sandman before the match and took his place. Who would have imagined Mikey Whipwreck as the ECW champion? Yeah, you know what? He um he, he looked a lot different once he started gaining weight and all that. But uh, it, it's one of those, it was a neat thing that uh, you've seen him from the very beginning up until being a champion. An underdog to the champ. 20 years ago, WWF presented Survivor Series. Uh, the hook of the show was the lone Survivor match that marked the conclusion of the invasion angle. WCW United States Champion Edge defeated WWF uh, Intercontinental Champion Test in a title unification match. The IC uh, belt remained, though it was retired for a short period the following year. It was brought back in May of 2003. The United States Champion would return in July of 2003. WCW Tag Team Champions the Dudley Boys defeated WWF Tag Team Champion Champions the Hardy Boys in a steel cage title unification match. And Team WWF, uh, The Rock, Jericho, Undertaker, Kane, and The Big Show defeated The Alliance. Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Booker T, RVD, and Shane McMahon, 5-4 in a winner-take-all Survivor Series match. The win brought in an official end to the WCW and ECW entities, though ECW would be revived due to popular demand four and a half years later. Yeah, it's a shame that uh, we've talked about before the fact that uh, the invasion angle did not go as uh, hoped and planned. But when they only had a certain amount of talent, it didn't make sense for them to rush it the way they did. But they held out a little bit longer and just had these former WCW guys lingering around, doing their thing, then pull the trigger once you uh, knew you had the bigger talent. I think the uh, invasion could have gone off better because imagine that Survivor Series winner-take-all match a year or so later or whatever uh, they wanted to end up doing with the winner-take-all by having Sting, Hogan, Goldberg, Hall, and Nash representing WCW against somebody like Taker, uh, Rock, Big, I mean, um, Kurt Angle, Steve Austin and uh, maybe Kane. Like those would be your top do- and names for both companies going against each other instead of having to send Kurt Angle and Steve Austin over to the WCW side for no apparent reason, except for needing to bolster their numbers. Yeah, they they should. Again, I agree with all of that. I seen it as in hindsight. Sure, they could have gone with this, but then why they didn't, once Nash and Hall and Hogan came, why they didn't basically, like, I I don't think they should have come in as the NWO. I think they should have just come in as themselves and go, you know what? We left here and we went over there. Look what we did. And 
the WCW guys tried and they failed miserably. But that was our company too, and then blam. But unfortunately, yeah, like something better could have been done because after that, you know, it wasn't much longer till you had Hall, Nash, Hogan, Steiner, Goldberg, and all them show up. Maybe Sting would have come over at that time because there was numerous uh, opportunities during Sting's time in uh, TNA that they were negotiating, but he looked at the landscape and went, no. And unfortunately, he got there too late to be any impact, no pun intended, uh, to oh. having a uh, career in WWE and then got injured. And thankfully, he's back wrestling, even at 62 years old, in AEW. But, you know, it's always going to be that what could have been. And you know what? That's what WrestleMania to me should be is guys like Sting, guys that haven't really done anything in the WWF, that that is an event that they need to bring in guys from other companies and let them have the big ass match in front of all those people. Of a super card, yeah. Because whether people like it or not, WWF is the global wrestling organization and they will be for many many years to come of course unless they sell uh their company then of course someone will fuck it up and there you go even more so than they are now yeah uh we got uh more points for today yeah we had the great cali defeat hornswoggle by dq randy orton defeated Shawn michaels to retain the wwe belt and batista defeated the undertaker in a hell in the cell match to retain his world heavyweight championship 10 years ago ring of honor presented survival of the fittest uh 11. i'm not sure why i put it in there because that's all i had but hey uh, nine years ago, WWE presented Survivor Series. Uh, CM Punk defeated John Cena and Ryback in a triple threat match to retain the WWE Championship. Eight years ago on Raw from Nashville, Tennessee, Big E Langston defeated Curtis Axel to win the WWE IC belt. And now he's on top of the Raw world. Yeah, and before we get to the 45th birthday, um, though we're just over an hour here, uh, I watched that Survive the Undertaker thing. That could have been something that was good, but I just thought it was a big turd for the yeah. Undertaker. And not not the greatest movie with the Undertaker and uh, the New Day. Uh, just also uh, looking back quickly at the survival of the fittest for Ring of Honor. I know you don't have uh, much information on it except for the fact that it happened, but uh, I can see for future dates of our uh, show that Ring of Honor, unfortunately, is going to be in that history mode uh, with the recent uh, announcement of their shutdown at the end of this year. Oh, no. So we'll see. Hopefully they come back. But if not, we'll try and look back at the great history of uh, Ring mm -hmm. of Honor that gave us uh, people like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, uh, CM Punk, and uh, Dana Bryan, and Brian Danielson. Well, hopefully their library goes up for sale and uh, WWE would sting it. Yeah. Today is the 45th birthday of uh, Tomoaki Homa, uh, born in Higashin, Yakam. Man, I did the, why I even put these in here? I can't pronounce this shit. Japan. Uh, 
Honma uh, trained in the Big Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo before debuting for the company in May of 1997. He wrestled primarily in the lower card until making a name for himself in Big Japan's deathmatch division. His career took off from there. Honma, whose nickname uh, is Mina no Koshi, uh, for his pungent in, of trying and often missing his uh, falling headbutt, has a characteristically hoarse voice, something, uh, something made possible for having crushed a vocal cords, the same affliction that most famously affected John Laronitis and General, oh man, Jenner Kiro, Jenner, I'm having trouble this week, Tenru. <laughs> and that is the end. And of course, I put blah, blah, blah here, meaning I was supposed to copy and paste my usual rant, but I did not, so I will go from best of memory. Of course, this is all compiled from lots of people that compiled this stuff from Google, cagesideseats.com. Uh, check them out. They got a lot of history on there. And as well, of course, thank you as always to CoolBet, our sponsor for this and other shows. Stay cool, bet responsibly, and I think that's about it for this week. Yeah, it sounds good to me. Uh, just over an hour. Uh, hopefully people are uh, just going back to their uh, work or splitting this up uh, however they uh, enjoy our show. Uh, just want to thank you for compiling all this. We are going to uh, look back and uh, tweak things. This is episode number 48, so we've got four more under this format, and then we'll start looking at uh, spotlighting things, I think, a little bit more uh with uh stuff so we'll uh, see what that format has but yeah i want to thank you for uh doing that uh, i want to thank everybody for watching on youtube and facebook listening to us on stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get podcasts from go to our store over at prowrestlingtees.com backslash uh scumbags wrestling check us out uh you can email us at scumbags wrestling at gmail uh dot com get us on facebook send us your suggestions go over to uh scumbagswrestling.ca, entered the uh, Predictions League for Survivor Series and all the other pay-per-views. You know what you need to do. So as Chris uh, checks out, we'll see you next time.